Part 4 The Medicine Wheel Chapter 36 The God Realm If I am not speaking, and if I am not who I thought I am, then how did I get into this predicament, and who am I? Only when I know who I am will I know what is possible. Furthermore, I can ask the question, how will I know who I am? My fingers were so curious about that dirt. There looked to be something buried within the ground. Was it treasure, an artifact, or was that an actual crown that was waiting to be found? Just before my hands reached to uncover it, my intuition had a funny feeling. And there beside me, I watched the medicine man's wand disappear when I caught someone in the act of stealing. I turned when a woman in a great robe dashed off through the woods. She had taken the wand with the pinecone on top and ran off for good. Stop! Who are you? Chamunda. Chahuda? You can call me Chandi, the river of Shakti. Why you don't recognize me? I swim with the feathered serpent that came out from the sea, said Chandi. She wouldn't stop running, and she wouldn't quite listen. Before I could catch up to her, she escaped past my vision. Give me that wand. It belongs to a medicine man. Olin Yuktiku, you must stop her. This cannot be part of your plan. There she appeared upon the nearby sea, and there were the three great pyramids in the distance when thunder began to murmur behind me. She sat down upon a throne that appeared out of thin air. I blinked in shock. This surreal occurrence was inconsistent, since a fair explanation wasn't there. Now the black cat that followed me like a shadow sat at her side. This was the one I called Bolin Yuktiku. He was my fierce protector sent from Shango Macho of the Yorba tribe, who was the Earth's divine guide. Who are you? She asked me. Me? That's the question I've been after for a long time, and it's led me on quite the adventure. But you can't steal, because that wand is not mine. I'm just borrowing it because I'm looking for the medicine man. It's his staff, and he said something about seven fires that were part of a divine plan. Some man, she said. No, not just some man, a medicine man. And who are you, and what are you doing with his staff? She laughed. <laughs> this wooden staff is a wand, and now this wand belongs to me. No wood grows without water, and all water comes from my sea she said. She tapped the wand upon the earth, then a tapestry was raised behind her as it grew out from the land. Thunder cried out when a moment later a sunflower sprouted out from her left hand. She was intertwined with nature, and the wind was her whisper. She wore a crown on her head, and she was so beautiful I thought about kissing her. After a moment of being tempted, suddenly I was no longer curious. Her shape shifted, and now she appeared to be old and rather hideous. Who are you? I asked again. Who am I? You ask? But I'm still wondering, who are you though? After all, you've been wandering in my forest, and the shade you've been resting in is only here because someone planted those trees a long time ago. Who are you to seek refuge in my land? Who are you to call my forest your home? Do you realize that I am the Queen of Wands 
and earth is my throne? My gaze turned to the black cat, since I knew Bolingyuktiku was on both of our sides. Why, there were even two fiery lions etched into her throne, and maybe Bolingyuktiku was a feline of her pride. Come on, Bolingyuktiku, what do I do? It felt like I could pick up signals that were emitting from his head, as if his presence was an antenna. There I could pick up what Bolingyuktiku said. Ah, so, now you know that she is the Queen of Wands. But that wand isn't yours, and why'd you steal it from me? The lesson is rest, and that's what I've come to teach. The magic of this world has been waiting within this very wand, and from now on, I'll keep it within reach. Because every night I've watched you fall asleep, and every night I look over you as you lie upon your future tomb. While you slip off into your dreams, have you ever realized that this land is the secret fortune and boon? She said. The trees started to sway, and I could see her breath pull these branches in motion. Her water stretched onto the sand, and I could see that everywhere across the sea, these waves were like a secret potion, air and water, but she was also the fire and land. She was this earth. She was the mother of Adam and Eve, the original woman and man. But why have you come to look over me for all this time if you've never stopped to say hello? It's not normal to watch people sleep at night and steal things they don't own. Ah, so, I am here to reveal the God Realm, since the Garden of Eden is the place of peace, tranquility, and bliss. To be absorbed within the moment means there is no grasping or attachment, so there is no suffering or clinging you'll miss. Look to my nature. Do you see how all trees, plants, and rooted life is at peace? There is no hurry, rush, or competition, and so my nature is God's tranquility. Nature opens itself up to the world. It needs no permission and asks for nothing in return. Each aspect of my garden offers its life as a dedication to the bloom, since growing is our only concern. Giving ourselves up again and again, my forest and animals live in accordance with that scripture written from the sages. This god realm combines as the pinnacle of the pyramid upheld by the four faces or nature's four stages, she said. What do you mean, nature's four stages? The four directions, the four angels, the four elements upon the earth. I am talking about infinity, life, death, and rebirth. Sa, ta, na, ma. I am her, Pachimama, she said. Did I forget? And have I met you before? I remember praying to you, but my memory is blurred. Take the mushrooms if you want to remember, she said. Then she handed me a few orange mushrooms. Oh, these were the ones that make you feel at one with nature. I remember I could see the patterns in the plants, and that was her. Back then I could see the wave of life and the sparkles upon the sea. There I found the clear energy that nature always seemed to weave. She was the elements of earth water, air, and fire, and these things were included in you and me. In the God Realm there are no needs, as presence is the ultimate treasure. But here there is one thing you must not forget. Even if one enters into the God Realm, 
it does not last forever. Just as the seasons know, all things come to pass. In spring we are born to thrive throughout the summer, but upon the fall and into the winter, everything will perish and nothing can last, she said. Now a spell began to fall upon me, and it was not any spell anyone would like. I began to resist and restrain. I found myself grasping with all my might. Only her and Bolin Yuktiku were in the god space, and this made me mad. I felt like she was mocking me with her secret magic, and maybe I wasn't mad, but I was depressed and sad. So that's why I felt angry and upset, as if my mind and emotions were exposed or naked, and I wasn't sure if I felt ashamed or betrayed when wrath of hatred became infuriated. I couldn't stand it. Seeing her have control over the earth made me sick. She said this god realm wouldn't last forever, and so I wanted to scream at her and run from it. If only I could quit, but all I did was hide. I felt so exposed, as if my skin had shed where an old layer needed to die. You're about to walk into one of the best chapters of your life. Get ready for it, she said. I could hear her everywhere and in everything. Synchronicities beyond intellect crept up to warn me whenever I was misbehaving. Was she always watching? Something like a whisper in the wind? And I became so aware that she had eyes everywhere watching me every time I ever sinned. But I do not judge you for any fault, and I never will. I love you so much, and that's why I give you free will, she whispered through the wind. I wanted to give up and die, but all I could do was hide. Even the phone grew heavy, and I couldn't go back to work. Laying around for days upon end, I would sleep to escape this world, fearing that whatever I did would lead to something or someone that would get broken or hurt. I was going berserk, and I couldn't check that damn phone. Everyone was listening and watching to observe just how crazy my mind would go. But how could they know? Ah, so, she said. But how was she listening from within my head? Where was she hiding, and where had she come from? I went deeper into the woods and continued to run. Know that this wild planet is a perfect expression of God. It has no intent to cause harm or abuse. I simply grow food, miracles, minerals, and creatures. Then I let them loose. Can you see how this forest is my divine garden? and how man and woman came to roam naked like two beasts? Nature is God, and only through careful observation can you hear what God has to teach. To be kind to others, to reach toward the light, to grow and bloom to your full potential, and to keep your closest friends and family in sight. Live with the sun, reflect with the moon, make the most of this life, plant seeds, and every night Allow the body I gave you to lie back upon Earth's tomb. After it's all done, you'll come home to my soil. And so this is what they call death. But there I catch you and give you replenishment, healing, and rest. The waters wash away what has passed, and so the spring shows signs of warmth. The morning star rises, and when you're ready for the next adventure, the force of creation glows through your heart. This cycle teaches us to surrender, because we must learn how to let go. We dissolve back into the world, and this way our soul continues to grow. 
nature is calm and peaceful, for nature does not cling. And after every winter, my seeds are aware when it's time for the spring. Buried in the ground, it's like we wait in that dark night. Then the spirit reaches up to catch the sun's first light. Bright light, bright light, oh look at it in sight. We all know the warmth, and so this makes the spirit ignite. The moment you find air, you breathe, and this life is all right. Trees are your teachers, so are dandelions and feathers. Look at the divine patterns woven through a leaf, a shell, and all life to realize this land is a hidden treasure. The earth is magic, the way it gives life to all. Silence is its language, but weather is her warning call. I speak in the simplest ways, no translation needed. God is observed throughout everything ever made and everything created. God was and always will be. God is the sun, the moon, and the stars, stretching infinitely and endlessly, yet our spiritual nature is invisible and empty. The spirit carries no weight, since God cannot cling or attach, simply a presence of unlimited potential, and in this transcendental form, God cannot be stained, hurt, broken, or scratched. Your form is an embodiment of God, because the manifestation of nature occurs in union with creation. On the other hand, it is man who has become a beast, a wicked animal who seeks to dominate, overpower, and rule all nations. It makes me sick to see what they do, for the answer is in front of them, but they act as if their spirit cannot see. But I know just the man to help this cause. You're the human type, and so we're going to light your spirit on fire, so bright that it burns down the old ways, so nature and all its beings are set free. There we will reclaim, reframe, and reset, in union with the seasons, and so we forgive, but we will not forget. This way is the path through the cycle of existence, and nature is the perfect manifestation of the divine. I have no secret order or control to hold. Nature simply blooms at just the perfect time. And if my nature can't find the nutrients, or if a seed finds itself upon gravel or stone, it simply lets go because it's aware that rebirth is how all souls grow. Lying upon the earth, they're all aspects of life wait within my womb. Then when the wheel turns again, the spring welcomes a new bloom to flourish and flower, or to wait and lie in the dirt. It barely matters, because in all cases, life is a divine work of art. Observe the humans and animals. They seek and devour, yet animals only take what they need. Meanwhile, it is the jealous idols, humans, and hungry ghosts who consume so much, they began to ruin the Garden of Eden, which held my original flowers. Even as the tribes and countries overtake this land, as concrete, roads, and railways poison my veins, God is so gracious that this nature dies to human ways without ever placing blame. Nature is pure and non-aggressive. The land is at ease when it's time for the great release. And there it lets go and comes home with God, where all beings are at peace. You see, it depends on that release. Death is that gap a process of letting go, and so this discovery reveals how nature is indeed the only true map.
said the Queen of Wands. Ah, so, now I begin to see. Nature is divine, because all nature is unrestricted and free. It is man who seeks control. Meanwhile, the animals roam, rest, and fight if they must. But even when the animals fight, it is because they are threatened, which means they've lost their sense of trust. How do we make up for our past damage and reconnect with the divine? Surely there is a way to heal what has been done upon this earth, as your arrival is just on time. Why, the world's gone mad, and I often feel as if my own mind goes insane. The jealous idols dominate the world with wealth and greed, as they seek more profit, luxury, and gain. The mind space is distracted. They steal attention with phones and devices. Someday I wonder if anything is even natural. And how does land come with a price tag? This land is yours. It does not belong to any creature or man. We have the gift of this nature for the time of one lifespan. Ah, the span of life. It's like the turning of a wheel. Death is simply the release back into life as a chance for the spiritual essence to be cleansed and healed. Life upon the earth has four cycles and this is the way of nature. First, a child or student, second, householder or bloom, third, as a forest dweller, and fourth, as renunciation. Renunciation is the letting go. It is long after the bloom, as this preparation reunites us with the spiritual soul which lies the body upon the earth's tomb. Then the soul comes to rest, and there it settles into God. This is what the Western world calls heaven, and this is how the human realm is an offspring of God. For each soul is this heaven, within us is the immaculate state. This is the complete nature of the spirit where nothing holds on, and this is the emptiness in space. Here we realize there is nothing to see, because it cannot be observed with human eyes. Yet there are layers that materialize as unique manifestations of form, concealing God's soul in disguise. Notice how trees and plants are rooted, as above, so below. They are pure and wild manifestations of God's spiritual soul. As animals grow into unique and exotic forms, they also obey the sutra of dependent origination. If you threaten any creature, its family or tribe will fight and defend, so its lineage survives. The reason animal life may seem so cold and foreign is because we've dominated all natural spaces and overrun the species of every kind. If you had to put yourself in the animal's body, then compassion for humans would be hard to find. Notice how during the sacred pause with COVID-19, the natural aspects of the earth thrived. Meanwhile, it was the humans who grew anxious and seemed to have lost their minds. The natural world seeks to hold peace, where the waters and air are pure and blue. The wild land aims to flourish and live in union with humanity, since this is God's truth. For God's truth is a home to all youth. That means plants, creatures, children, women, and men. It means cultivating harmony and healing through each and everyone to all of Earth's ends. Animals can come together. Peace cannot be controlled, but it can be left unrestricted, so creatures must not be caged. Rather than promoting more attacks, peace will come naturally when war ceases to be waged. 
Walls are no good here. It is simply a time to remind ourselves that nature knows no flaws. A jealous one would have a tremendous ego to start a revolution, but there is no place for that in the peace and contentment of God. All one, including every person and everything, like a string of jewels. This is God's net filled with precious souls awakening and shining. Earth is simply the middle world, like a bardo in between. There is a way to awaken from the illusion, and this illusion is called separateness, and we can view it like a dream," said the Queen of Wands. Then what does it all mean? That there is a divine source, but right now the ego of humans are obstructing this like a dam in a stream. The people are out of alignment with the land because they wish to profit from it, and so their mind is running on an illusion like a dream. Grasping and attaching to what they claim to own, they cling, crave, and hold on. Working to conquer the world with billions in debt, it's as if the richest man can do no wrong. But all beings belong, and so earth is a place where all beings can awaken and heal. I've been waiting for the soul named Crazy Horse, because I need him to turn the medicine wheel," said the Queen of Wands. The medicine wheel? What does it do? By turning the wheel, the world can heal, and all that is dead and outdated will be swept away, since turning the medicine wheel can be quite the ordeal. The medicine wheel is a mandala, and a turn into the next age is a very sacred process. It is the medicine to heal all beings, but this act will appear threatening to those who do not know how to live with less. We are all right here, upon the earth, to reunite with God, and I need a crazy horse who will carry the burning light into the darkness and defy the odds," said the Queen of Wands. But this earth, you are saying this dirt is the realm of God? How the nature of plants is still in life and death? And so this space has no flaws? In all the realms, even the God realm, there is a fascination to maintain oneself constantly. There is a great deal of grasping and holding on so we don't lose ground. But the real realization comes when you move beyond the confused world where the awakened state is found. Stepping into the open space of the meditative state of mind seems to be very irritating, because we are uncertain how to handle that wakeful state. It seems the ego of the world would rather run back to its own prison than be re-released into the higher awakened fate. And in the case of the realm of God, confusion can take on a genteel and sophisticated shape. When dwelling on spiritual or religious ideals, you can experience a form of meditative absorption, which is based on ego or the spiritual materialism approach. Even when your intention is set on pleasing God, you yourself are craving something, and so this is how the ego begins to encroach. By not being present, always craving something more. Someone who has discovered the realm of God can quickly sink into the jealous idols if they are not content in the spaciousness, which makes the ego bored. And if you are seeking an experience, or if you are trying to attain a godlike state or quality of heaven, that clinging and grasping of the ego makes you appear as a moderator, which is separate from that which is made of one. If you can experience a limitless state or limitless consciousness, 
and if the moderator decides to let go slightly beyond its reach, it becomes the limitless space or limitless consciousness, and this is a feeling of enlightenment. We can get completely intoxicated into an extreme way of pushing ourselves and dwelling on ourselves, and that is a source of our living in the realm of God. But it is an ego version of spirituality and materialism throughout our individual self. Another aspect working up to the realm of God is trying to dwell on any seduction that happens within our living situation. Health, pleasure, beauty, and all kinds of things are taken into consideration. There is a struggle between reaching the realm of God or heaven and just enjoying the pleasure in the realm of the God experience. You have a struggle, a fear of failure, and hope of gaining. You build up, 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 up to a crescendo manufactured out of hope and fear. One moment you think you are going to make it, and the next moment you think you are going to fail. The alternation of those two extremes builds up tension and striving, and finally, at the final state, we begin to lose the point of hope and fear. Hope becomes more likely fear, and fear becomes more likely hope, because we have been struggling so much. We begin to lose track of what is hope and what is fear altogether. We begin to lose track of who's going and who's coming. We are speeding so much that we get into extreme chaos. We lose track of who is against us and who is for us. There is a sudden flash in terms of egohood, bewilderment, confusion, a moment in which pain and pleasure become one completely. Suddenly, a meditative state of dwelling on ego dawns on us. Such a breakthrough, tremendous achievement. Then the pleasure, or bliss, begins to saturate our systems, psychologically, spiritually, or physically. We don't have to care anymore about hope or fear, because we have achieved something. And quite possibly, we could believe that attainment to be the permanent achievement of enlightenment, heaven, and union with God. At that moment, everything we see seems to be beautiful and loving. Even the most grotesque situations of life seem to be heavenly. Anything that exists, even the unpleasant or aggressive situation in life, is seen as something extremely beautiful because we have achieved oneness with ego. In other words, ego has lost track of its intelligence. This is the absolute, ultimate achievement of bewilderment, the depth of ignorance, the spirituality of ignorance. It is extremely powerful. It relates life with compassion and communication. But it is also destructive to step out of the bondage of ego. We could say that the realm of God has two aspects. One is the spiritual aspect, which has a self-destructive, self-hypnotic quality, and the other aspect is the extreme search for pleasure, mentally and physically. Because such striving goes on all the time, you begin to lose the point. You begin to become accustomed to the struggle, and you learn to moderate your determination. You begin to accept whatever is given to you, and you begin to become somewhat sensible. Because the achievement of pleasure is limitless, because there is no end to achieving something, you begin to strike a happy medium. Halfway to achieving such comfort and pleasure, we begin to give in and make the best of it. It's like an adventure also being used as a vacation or holiday. You are on your way to the adventurous journey, 
but at the same time, you use every step of the journey and regard it as a vacation or holiday. The realm of God doesn't seem to be particularly painful, but the pain aspect is when you think you have achieved something spiritual, religious, or worldly and are trying to dwell on that, then suddenly something shakes. Here you realize that what you are trying to achieve is not going to last forever at all. You thought you were going to enjoy this blissful state, but at some point, that blissful state becomes shaky and irregular the more you cling and grasp. The thought of maintaining it begins to come into the mind. You try to push yourself back into this blissful state, but the karmic situation brings all kinds of irritations into it, and at some point, you may begin to lose faith in that blissful state. Suddenly, there is a violence that you have been cheated, and you realize that you cannot stay in the realm of God forever. Of course, this is a human's reaction to touching this state, whereas a flower welcomes the ease into death's release. This is the non-grasping of the ego, and so this non-attachment leads nature to peace. The beauty of the human state is that it's growing conscious of all six states of existence, whereas other forms seem to be pinned within one state or the other. Humans are mutable, and so you can raise your conscious awareness to descend higher or lower. You can experience disappointment or anger on the journey, and this anger could develop as the anger of hungry ghost-like anger, or the anger of hell and aggression, or the anger of human beings or jealous idols. This process of going up and down, back and forth, is what is called samsara, which literally means continual circle, whirlpool, or the ocean which spins round and round again and again. There is no end. That seems to be one of the qualities of the bardo experience. You are a no man's land somehow, in between the daily experience, just as the experience after death goes on before your next birth, said the Queen of Wands. But about this earth, there is magic in these four directions. What is it about modern man that has us feeling so down and dejected? What is it about being human that we cannot stand? Why we'd like to become like God? And who wouldn't want to be in heaven? Now listen here very carefully to this next question. How will I know who I am? When you know the spirit on the soul's progression, this is a procession of cycles, or a wheel of existence that spins, manifesting in form embedded through a spiritual expression, made of the four directions. The word spirit possesses such a wide range of applications that it requires considerable effort to make clear to oneself all the things it can mean. Spirit, we say, is the principle that stands in opposition to matter. By this we understand an immaterial substance or form of existence, which on the highest and most universal level is called God, Brahma, Allah, Jehovah, or all that is. It could be called the breath of spirit, where within each inhale and exhale we rise and die, and as the wheel spins, a human like you is conscious to collect thoughts, sensations, sounds, feelings, or even sight through the eyes, she said. Now what are you getting at? That all form is God in disguise. But in the human species, there is a particular conflict, and this occurs when the ego takes command. The ego seeks to dominate, control, 
conquer, and govern. But what happens if the ego can surrender to God's never-ending plan? You see there is order, a divine way in which things are, here, there, and everywhere. The truth is infinitely close and ever far. The ego restricts the spiritual source, or misguides it and misbehaves in other matters. This leads the mind and body to become clouded and confused, where thoughts and intentions scatter. Now what's the matter? This is what humanity does. Adaptability and mutability. Human life is bound in the cycle of samsara, which includes the duality of hope or fear, and suffering or love. As long as humans seek a preference, then this grasping keeps you attached as you cling. But there is a way to transcend this dreamlike illusion, and it is by aligning with the four directions, she said. The four directions? But they're just directions. They are great beings, and they are. The serpent magician, the jaguar protector, the hummingbird lover, and the eagle king. Like the four faces of a great pyramid, four archetypes commanding the highest man, once you are in line with the four directions, you become aligned with God's divine plan. For man has this capability, it can sink into hell and live with demonic qualities, or the spiritual soul can be illuminated and transcend matter. Humans have a full spectrum of possibility, but unfortunately, the surface of earth has been absolutely battered. Nature knows there is no fear in death. It is the welcoming into peace, ease, and release. Only humans seem to hoard, slander, gossip, and eat until they become obese. By the way this world has grown, as I've seen it through all my children's eyes, the potential of life is always pure. But like a snake shedding its skin, there is a time when the old way must die, said the Queen of Wands. What are you looking at me for? You're my guy, she said. Which guy? My link to the land. You're my way with nature, mutable like my sea. Your body is my ship, and your life is spent as a sailor, guiding us back to the harbor safely, making the unconscious conscious. Spirit carries the illuminated fire in the darkest night. And after so many have turned their backs upon the Garden of Eden, which is heaven on earth, you are one of the few souls left who is brave enough to come forth and fight. Who else has found me? Let me see, let me see. Oh, by going into that corrupt order, you've showed me so much of what a human can be. But free? Why haven't our souls broken free? Why now it's time to do what man was created to rediscover. Turn the medicine wheel and call forth the four directions. Summon the king, magician, protector, and lover, said the Queen of Wands.